Amen. Uh, well, so glad to be here this morning, church, um, to share a message today. Uh, before we get going, um, just want to take a moment. Um, you know, we've got some uh, great opportunities to hear from some incredible people this summer. And, um, and just, you know, that whole, um, you know, kind of schedule of people that we've got coming to speak at different times, to me, um, it just really speaks to uh, the, the nature and the heart of, um, of Pastor Mark. Um, he's not somebody who... Um, has to uh, hog the mic, right? And um, and he's just more than willing to kind of um, create space and create room uh, for people to come in and minister uh, who have gifting, right? And uh, to be honest, I know he loves to teach, but uh, he loves you more, you know what I mean? So I think he, he out of his love for you, he, he teaches, but he'd much rather us just kind of be um, hanging out, you know what I mean, and, and, and talking. And he'd love to, to hear from you. And, um, and, and I just, you know, when I look at just kind of, uh, you know, and, and please, you know, uh, Father's Day um, and, and the Sunday after Father's Day, uh, the 25th, we have Rebecca Mobley coming in and she's a good friend of mine, incredible communicator. Um, and, you know, but there's some great opportunities to hear from some people, but, you know, that sort of comes from someone leading saying, hey, listen, like, I'm, I don't have to be the person that you hear all the time uh, from a teaching standpoint. And, um, and I, I just love that. I love that about uh, Pastor Mark's heart. Um, there's a lot of people, and I'm, I'm just kind of, just wanting to say this, and this is going to feel really blunt, but um, there's a lot of people that um, don't necessarily have a pastor. They just follow a communicator, and um, they maybe have found somebody that, like, you know, teaches how they like, and, 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 it, and it sounds nice to them, and, and so they hear somebody, um, but they don't necessarily have a pastor, somebody to walk alongside of them to, 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 to be with them. Uh, there's not a lot of people... Um, you know, who, who necessarily always are able to find that. And, um, and so that's why I consider it a gift uh, to be your Christian church uh, because Pastor Mark is one of those people, um, you know, whether it's uh, moving your stuff from Tallahassee, Florida here, um, driving uh, through the night to Kentucky to drop somebody off um, and turning around and coming right back uh, to drop somebody off in a rehab program. Um, whatever it is, um, he's, he's on the spot, he's there, he's, he's wanting to be in the lives um, with, of, of people um, every day, right? And so, uh, and so more than just a, a communicator, somebody who um, is wanting to truly shepherd and walk alongside people. And, um, and so, you know, uh, right at about five years ago this time, he became senior pastor here. And about 33 years ago this, this month, um, he came on staff here. And so, um, you know, it's just, I just wanted to honor him and celebrate him. And uh, in today's day and age, I think that it's just so important um, to have somebody in your life um, that, that will, that will walk with you. Um, cause I know a lot of people, um, who, who don't go to this church. Um, uh, but when, when, when stuff goes down, when, when they need somebody, his phone rings and, um, and that's just a testament to his character. So, um, yep. Um, okay. So where are we at? All right. Message today is lament. It's hope. It's renewal. Um, and, um, I, yeah, I'll just, I'll be honest with you guys. This has been a hard couple of weeks, um, for me. And, um, and, you know, you kind of wonder, it's like, am I preaching about this because it's been a hard couple of weeks or has it been a hard couple of weeks? Cause I was going to be preaching about this. Um, but, um, I just, I need today's message. Um, and I just want to say that up front, uh, because I'm going to try to get through what I have to share today. Um, uh, but, you know, just have some grace with me. Um, and so I, the best way I knew to talk about, uh, to go through the message today, talking about lament, talking about hope, talking about renewal, um, we're going to look at the book of Lamentations. Exciting book, right? Um, yeah. So, um, but the best way I sort of knew, and this is just how I, I have felt um, the last couple of weeks, and it just sort of feels like hit after hit, um, especially yesterday, um, finding out about Noah. Um, just an incredible young man. Um, I just want to start by reading Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. 
Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I've trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. And so um, incredible uh, psalm of lament and protest of, of crying out to God um, in the midst of, of suffering. And, um, and I, I don't feel as much in the verses five and six space. I don't feel like singing to the Lord, you know what I mean? Uh, how we opened up today with Psalm 33. I read that Psalm as, as, a, as a act of defiance maybe to, to how you know, my heart can feel and, and maybe some of you relate. Um, but I just love that we get to see this mixture. Um, and so, um, you know, in the midst of tragedy and, and, and everything. And so, um, yeah, let's read our, uh, our text today. And that's gonna be in Lamentations chapter three, verses 19 through 27. Okay, so starting in verse 19. Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Therefore, oh, sorry, I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. And so since uh, today, um, you know, we're talking about lament and, and kind of like these heavy verses and, and even myself just, uh, just feeling in a, in a heavy space, um, would love to kind of start things off a little more um, or kind of shift gears a little more lightheartedly. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna ask you guys a question. Uh, just shout it out. What's your favorite animal is? Anybody have a favorite animal? Have you thought about this? Just put you on the spot. Shout out some animals. We got any favorites in the house? Gators, dolphins, squirrels, all of them. Miss Mickey loves all the animals. That's right, yes. That's wonderful, okay. So my favorite animal, I got a picture of it. David, help me out. The otter, love the otter. They're like, they're like river puppies, you know what I mean? Just puppies out on the river is how I, is how I see them. They're just adorable, they're so playful. Um, they swim together, they play together, they hunt together. Um, you know, fun thing about sea otters is that they're pack animals, okay? Which means that they depend on each other uh, for survival, right? Um, and so this is like really important um, in when there's like times of storm and, and water rushing beneath them. And so sea otters, get this, they sleep, right? You guys maybe think, anybody like ever had like a water bed at one point? You know what I mean? You thought that was a good idea, right? And then you're like, all right, we gotta get rid of this thing. How are we ever gonna get rid of this, this water bed, right? Um, don't let your kids bring any scissors in your bedroom, that kind of thing, you know? Um, sea otters, they sleep on the water, right? The, the water is their bed. And, um, and so that is kind of, uh, you know, interesting. Uh, well, there's a, there's a problem with sleeping on, uh, on water and that's currents, right? Like the water never stops moving. And so they could easily get washed out to sea and separated from their pack, right? Which is a really big deal for them because they survive based off the pack, right? And so to prevent themselves from getting separated or isolated from their families, they sleep holding hands. I mean, that's like the cutest thing next to all of my children, all right? So um, seriously, it's so great. And so this practice though, it's not just cute, right? It is cute, but it's not just cute. It's also essential for their survival. And so they, they cling together in order to survive strong current 
in order to survive storms. They even cling together to not get separated to help, you know, if, if predators are, are attacking them. Um, they just enjoy each other's company. And so they cling together. I lost my voice a couple weeks ago and I feel it losing again. So I'm going to take a couple water breaks. I think I can make it to the message though. So when life feels like a storm and your experiences feel like a strong current, what do you cling to? Who are you sort of weathering the storm with? How are you handling, or better question, are you handling pain and hardship in your life? Right? Deep topic, Sunday morning, right? I don't know how you're coming into this Sunday morning. Likely there's a large spectrum of experiences in this room, some maybe really suffering, others of you, maybe life is good. You're just sea otter, splashing around, having a good time. Chances are that, you know, there's some people in here today that are really struggling emotionally, mentally, spiritually. There's maybe some stress, some fear, there's some insecurity, maybe some anxiety about life. There's some pain, there's some hard things. Um, but even if life doesn't seem all that difficult for you right now, I'm, I'm a younger person, only 33 years old, uh, but my short life has shown me that give life some time, right? And, um, and, and, and you'll bump up and get some things that are pretty difficult and challenging. And, um, and many of you in this room um, have seen that to be true, right? Um, and you will likely have people in your life who go through hard times, right? So even if it's not you. And so learning how to address the negative experiences of suffering, the storms, the pain, hardship in our life is so important for ourselves, but it's also important for us to learn how to navigate for other people in our lives. And so um, I want to teach us today how lament can help us to remain in God's love. And so lament is this pathway, I believe, to remaining um, in the steadfast love of God. And so we're gonna just look at this book uh, called Lamentations, the verb lament means uh, to cry and to cry out, right? And so this complex book of the Bible, it's all about mourning in the face of suffering, right? It's not designed um, to give us easy answers or to minimize our pain. Uh, lamentation should give us hope because when life, hurt, when life hurts, um, it doesn't try to say that life is always easy, right? So, so this book in our Bible um, helps us to be able to see, man, you know what? There's some, there's some affirmation, you know, that, that life can be hard at times. Um, and, you know, Lamentations, it claims you know, verse by verse, unapologetically in its message that life hurts. So it leads us to a crucial question. What do we do? when life hurts, right? What do we do when life hurts? And so um, Lamentations three nineteen, we read it. Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope because of the faith, Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. So have you ever felt like your whole world was falling apart right in front of your eyes. Maybe you receive a tragic message, your family falls apart, all of your friends disappear when you need them to the most, right? It just feels like you know there's this separation, maybe there's this loneliness, maybe there's this sharp pain that you feel from some news that you hear. Uh, maybe it's a lingering sadness, right? Like you've just been in this state of melancholy for just time and time and time. It just, it's kind of like a cloud just came and rested over you and just everywhere you go, it just sort of follows you around. And so you maybe feel downcast in a sense. I know yesterday um, when uh, one of the young men in our youth group called me about Noah, um, that was the feeling. It was just instantaneously just pain. Um, and so... 
this was the experience uh, of someone in the Old Testament named Jeremiah, right? Uh, and so he was a prophet to the nation of Israel during one of the most difficult events in their history. It was the first de- destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And so Jeremiah, he's kind of known as this weeping prophet, right? This weeping prophet. And so let's explore why. The Babylonians uh, were on a war path, right? They were just out to kind of conquer and, uh, and, and just destroy everything in their path. And so th- this evil empire, they are violently uh, just going through ancient Palestine, destroying and pillaging every city in its past. And so when they arrived in Jeremiah's hometown of Jerusalem, their pillaging was paused, right? And it wasn't because, you know, they were just wanting to be nice and kind to the people in Jerusalem or because of remorse or ethics, there were walls that they came up against, right? And so the city of Jerusalem had walls around them. And so um, these armies were unable to overtake Jerusalem at first due to the stone fortress that surrounded the city. But the Babylonians were resolved to conquer, and so they devised a plan, and they used the walls as weapons, and the Babylonian army sealed up the entrances and exits before throwing uh, just fire after fire after fire, bombs of fire um, over the city walls, like these ancient bombs, these fireballs turned this thriving city of Jerusalem into a full-fledged furnace. And so explosion after explosion, homes burst into flames and people were just burned alive. And so the Babylonians cremated an entire city. And so Jeremiah was out in the wilderness and he noticed smoke rising on the horizon and he runs towards the hills uh, and looks down to the valley. His heart skips a beat. And he lays eyes on his hometown. I'm sort of giving you my telling of the story. Um, his hometown of Jerusalem is, is burning to the ground and he could hear, you know, likely the screams and, and, and could smell the death and the devastation. And so the tragic reality has hit him in this moment. My life is never going to be the same. And likely in this room, there's some people that you have bumped up against some circumstances in life where you have had to look at the thing and you've had to say, my life is never going to be the same. And so the weeping prophet Jeremiah collapsed to his knees and he cries out to God. And, and, and this sort of gives way to what many people attribute to the book of Lamentations. And, uh, and so this book of Lamentations in the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for Lamentations is actually this, a question word. And it's a question how, right? So if you, if you look at the Hebrew word for Lamentations in, in the original Hebrew, it's really just how, how. The ultimate question a lot of us are facing whenever our life gets out of place where it's, nothing's ever gonna be the same is, is, is how. How did this happen? How did this happen to me? How did God let something like this happen? Jeremiah wrote Lamentations to explore the character of God in the midst of conflict, in the meaning of our life in the midst of misery. Each chapter is this distinct poem designed to help the Jewish people make sense of their suffering. And so while your city may have never been burned to the ground, we have all likely asked the same question. How, how, how God, how did you let this happen? How did you let this happen to my family? How can I carry on despite the rejection, the neglect, the sorrow? How can so many things bad happen in the world around us? Lamentations is an invitation for us to ask these questions ourselves. We have or we will experience loss and hopelessness and sadness and and remorse. Listen to me, church. It's the human experience. And and just be honest, I I just hate it. The human existence is one that... um, you know, we can insulate ourselves to some degree, um, especially w- where we're at, right? Um, in, in this, you know, 
very prosperous country um, in this day and age, right? In the 21st century, there's some, been so many advances and just civilization, right? Like we can kind of insulate ourselves well enough, but even our best defenses can't always keep out suffering, pain, hardship, sorrow. And so it's the human existence um, and we can deny it or we can lean into it, right? We can deny it, we can pretend, right? Um, there's a lot of things that help us pretend, right? Uh, we can just even sort of further insulate within the tragedy and the heartbreak. Money really helps people do that really, really well, right? Um, money is this great sort of just make hardship go away, you know, currency. And, um, and you know, it sort of does an injustice uh, to us because uh, we don't need to deny it. We need to lean into it. There's another thing that happens for, for us who, who really love the Lord and, and, and want to be faithful to God. Um, and we wanna be people of faith, right? Um, and so we want to be good Christians um, who love God, right? Um, is sometimes um, we, we deny what's going on around us and, and it's through, and this is, you know, toe, a toe stepper, right? It's fake faith that we maybe have at times. And what I mean by fake faith is that there's a negligence to the issue or the problem. We, we sort of think, you know, we, we, we maybe throw out some platitudes and we sort of maybe take some Bible verses and we say, well, you know, God makes all things work together for the good, for the good of those who are called according to his purposes, right? And that is a truth about God. But it's a fake faith in that I am using that, deploying this verse to not have to confront the reality of my situation. And so if I just sort of pretend like it does, I'm, right, I'm not gonna claim it, right? Anybody ever said that before? I'm, just, I'm not gonna claim it, you know what I mean? And, and I'm just, you know, we just, we, we sort of have this mentality and to me, it's more wishful thinking than it is faith. To me, it's more optimism than it is faith. To me, it's a denial rather than it is faith because when I look at somebody like the prophet Jeremiah, I see faith in action. Because what I see is I see somebody who is confronting his circumstance. He is looking at the pain, the hardship, the sorrow, and he is vocalizing it to God and then choosing to still trust God. That is a faith that is real, that has some, some, some teeth on it. That, that's, some, that's some faith that can carry you through some hard times. So we cannot deny we can't just pretend, we can't just sort of, you know, I'm just gonna pretend like that's not happening. We have to confront what's happening in our lives um, because it matters. Um, and, and, and we're not always equipped very well to approach pain and hardship. Um, and we don't do a good job at, at, at equipping people um, very well. And so um, that's why it's, it's one of the things that I work the hardest at um, in student ministry with our young people. Um, you know, there's been an incredible, especially through COVID, there's been an incredible um, just sort of uptick um, in mental health. And so the things that I love to do on Wednesday nights is, you know, we, we do, we'll do a whole entire series where we're just talking about how do we process and how do we have tools and, and how do we, you know, seek out counseling and how do we find somebody that we can trust and how can we work through these things in a way that's holistic, that really ministers to ourselves, you know, mind, soul, and body. Um, and it's important that we have tools, you know, our, our, many of our, um, our young people, you know, are, are going through challenging times, but, you know, um, we can look at the circumstances and, and that's one thing, but, you know, how are we equipping them? And, and if we're just giving them um, some platitudes and just saying, well, just, you know, go trust God, right? Just go have, you just, you just got to have faith. Just, just, it's like a Nike theology. Just do it, right? Just faith it, you know? And that that's not gonna, that doesn't carry, right? That, that's not an anchor that holds. And, and I'm just saying because I know, because of experience. And there's likely some of you in this room who are just like, thank you, right? Because when you were at your low moment, maybe you had somebody say, well, you know, it'll get better, right? Or, oh, you just, you know, and it's like, hey, <laughs> still waiting, right? Still waiting, the, the problem's still here, the hardship's still here, the sorrow's still here. I need something else. I, I, need, I need another tool, right? Um, and so this is where I see 
the powerful. I mean, we have a whole, we, our Bible, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just trying to, to come up with something I thought of. Like, I'm talking to you today as somebody who's just trying to study Scripture and be faithful to the Bible, to be faithful to what God has, has given, the tools that God has given us. And, and people like the prophet Jeremiah, why let Jeremiah's experience be in vain? Why let Jeremiah pouring his heart out and recording this in Scripture and be in vain for us just to pretend like hardship doesn't exist? There's much that we can learn when we study our Bibles. And so I have, a, I have a, few, a few tools, if you will, as I look at Lamentations and I look at other scriptures. The first one is this, is that we have to voice our pain. You have to voice your pain. That is, that is number one. You have to be, grow in the skill and the ability of voicing your pain. Jeremiah makes it crystal clear when he writes, Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. That does not sound like somebody who's just kind of like, I'm just gonna not think about that, right? Like, no, he is like, I can, this is on my mind. And like, this has brought me to a low place. This weeping prophet admitted his afflictions that made him feel downcast. He's not just hurt, like he's bitter. He's not just inconvenienced, like he's destroyed, he's struck down, right? And so he is lamenting the devastation he sees all around him. Michael Card writes, prayers of complaint can still be prayers of faith. They represent the last refusal to let go of the God who may seem to be absent or worse, uncaring. If this is true, then lament expresses one of the most intimate moments of faith not a denial of it. It is supreme honesty before a God whom my faith tells me I can trust. He encourages me to bring everything as an act of worship, my disappointment, my frustration, and even my hate. Only lament uncovers this kind of new faith. Tim Keller in his book on prayer writes, why are lamentation and complaint usually left out of contemporary books on prayer. The reasons are many. Historian Ronald K. Rickers, in his book, The Reformation of Suffering, points out how both the medieval Catholic Church and Lutheran reformers minimized the, legit the legitimacy of lament because they believed it was important that Christians exhibit to God an unflinching, joyful acceptance of his will. This can be, of course, a subtle legalism, a way of securing God's favor by being good and not complaining. And so we believe that God is good and we can point to examples of his goodness and we gather on Sunday mornings and we proclaim his goodness and we sing today, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever, right? Like we, we, we praise God. Like we worship him. And as a Jesus follower, I, like I point to Jesus. Like why do, I, why do I believe? Like why do I believe God is good? Like oh my, Jesus, look at what Jesus has done for us. I point to his example. Like and, and, and not just like sort of like, you know, uh, in some sort of, you know, vague sense. No, I'm, I'm like, my Bible tells me that there was people who like, who saw him after he was resurrected from the dead. Like there, there's evidence of, that this took place, this resurrection event, like data, historical evidence. And so, so I have a faith and I have a confidence that God is good because of what he's done through the person of Jesus Christ. But that's in one of my hands. In the other hand is the phone call I got yesterday. In the other hand is, is, is my uncle who, who just found out that, that he has throat cancer. It, in, in my other hand, it, it's, it's my brother-in-law, right? In my other hand, it's, you know, any number of things that are taking place in pain and hardship. And so here I am, I got both these things in my hands and I'm looking at them and I'm like, how do I make these things come together? It's, it's what some people call the great contradiction. We, we've got God's goodness, but then we have all this pain and all this suffering going on in, in our lives and in the people that we love around us, and it just confuses us. 
So how do we reconcile both of these things? Some people don't know how, and that's why we, we just sort of try to push it to the side, or, or some of us just begin to question God, and some begin to doubt him. And, and, and this is just a very real human experience, but books like the book of Lamentations and books like Psalms that we read, Psalm chapter 13, they don't give us theology answers about why things happen, but what they do is they give us language for lament and prayer, how to pray through these hard times. One third of the book of Psalms, one third of the Psalms written are birthed out of pain and confusion. They speak to lament and protest. That's 50 Psalms out of the 150 that are in there, birthed out of pain and confusion. Why? Because in our Bibles and in the book of Lamentations, the book of Psalms, we have these opportunities, if we'll study the word of God, to learn the language of prayer that is lament and sorrow and, and communicating to God our griefs and processing them with him so that they don't just eat us away at the inside. Where we can be real. We can be real. And so for me, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see emotional honesty and vulnerability in scripture. And this doesn't look like some upbeat song of celebration. It's a heartbreaking poem of tragedy is what, what the book of Lamentations is. Jeremiah just lays it all out there. He doesn't sugarcoat his situation. Um, he doesn't, you know, <laughs> Jeremiah is not like lamenting. And he says, you know what, that's okay. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm just too anointed to be disappointed. No, he's like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how I feel about this. And so we voice, lament is powerful. You know why? Because it positions us in dependence upon God. Lament is not just complaining, right? There's a difference there. We're not just, you know, complaining for complaining's sake. Lament is, is, is a genuine, God, this is, this is how I feel. This is a communication with God. And so it depends, positions us um, in dependence upon God. And if we don't do it, if swallowing the pain, it's just gonna make us sick, ignoring it. Honestly, grieving our pain is how we grow. And so that's the first thing we do is we voice our pain. But the second thing we have to do is, is also what Jeremiah does is we cling to God's character. So if you were to read the whole book of Lamentations, you know, these first two and a half chapters, you'd be just absolutely depressed reading it, right? It's just question after question and doubt after doubt. And it's a tough read, but however, something amazing happens right in the middle of the book, right? Like in the middle, there's five chapters right in the middle in chapter three. Something amazing happens. Despite all the darkness in these pages, some light breaks through in verse 21, which we read, right? Let's read that again. He says, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's faithful love, what? We do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my, per my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. And so Jeremiah calls this to mind. He reminds himself this verse acts as a hinge of hope. And so where does Jeremiah find hope? He finds it in the steadfast and movable love of God. Despite all the pain, God's love and mercy and faithfulness gives Jeremiah hope. When he cries out to God, the prophet Jeremiah is overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And this does not change his surroundings. This doesn't change his situation. It, it, it doesn't undo what was done, but it does give context to his suffering. We should follow Jeremiah's process that even when things seem grim, we cling to God. Why? There's power in his name. There is peace in his nature. There's power in the name of God and there's peace in his nature. And when you don't have the words, you just call to mind God is good, merciful, faithful, and loving. Remembering God's love helps us to have hope. And it's a hope to believe that what we're enduring, God is enduring with us. He's with us. He's, listen to me. He's with you. And I haven't felt that a couple weeks now. You know what I mean? Like in a way where I can just say, oh yeah, he's with, he's, he's with me. He's an all-time God, right? Yeah, he hasn't come when I want him. <laughs> but my faith is, you know what, God? I look at 
the story of Jesus and I look at him in the garden and I look at him in this moment before he goes to the cross and I look at him communicating to God all of his pain, all of his anguish and him just saying, God, if it be your will, take this from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. And so I see a suffering savior. I see God in, in human form knowing what it feels to, to be in pain. And so I find peace in this nature of this God that I serve because it's a God who's not distant and removed, but a God who understands what it means to bleed. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so we voice our pain, we cling to God's character, his nature. And the last thing I, I just encourage everybody in is, is when you're going through something, this is deeply practical, you need to discuss with somebody that you trust. You need to have somebody in your life you can go to, that you can talk with. When life is full of pain and uncertainty, we need to be protect, protected by the people around us, just like our wonderful, cute sea otters, right? Who's holding your hand? Whose hand can you reach out to when the storms are trying to pull you away and trying to separate you from the pack and the enemy's trying to drive you in isolation? whether you are working through tra tragedy, healing after heartbreak or battling emotional burnout, you need a community to come alongside you. We can't go through this stuff alone. Pain will make us withdraw, but Jesus wants us to draw close. And when times are tough, we need each other so much more, so much more than ever, right? I got a couple more stories I wanna tell and then we're gonna go into a time of worship. Have the worship team come up. Um, so we discussed with someone we trust. So here's the deal. Um, for me, and I, I mentioned this a little while back, I found an incredible person, all right? It's this incredible counselor, his name's Jim. And uh, I've been seeing Jim for, you know, a little, little under a year. And um, it has just made just some of the biggest difference in my life in an emotional sense, just how I'm able to process, how I'm able to just navigate distress and, and difficulty. It's been a deeply practical way for God to move spiritually in my life. And so, you know, there's friends that we can discuss with. There's, there's pastors, obviously myself and, and Pastor Mark and many others would love to just help walk with you, you know, shepherd you through your pain, through your heartache and your struggle. But, you know, um, there's at times where we're able to, you know, employ the help of somebody who just professionally is able to counsel us through our grief, counsel us through our disappointment. And that has been an incredible gift for me, right? Um, and that's been one of the areas where I've seen the grace of God move at uh, in my life. More so than that, um, in January, I really found myself just bottomed out. Um, and this has just kind of been ongoing, but in January, I really found myself just really in like a low, low place, right? Um, I just related with Jeremiah, just, man, I, I, I have become depressed, right? And, uh, and just this deep sal sadness, this melancholy, um, but also combined with, with deep levels of anxiety and, and anxiousness, right? And so I've been working through this, talking with Jim, um, and, uh, uh, and, you know, been incredibly helpful. Um, but, you know, talking with Jim and, and talking to uh, another professional, um, uh, a few months ago, I made the decision to go ahead and uh, begin taking some anti-anxiety medication. And um, so I mentioned that today and, and in a space like this, you know, I, I totally understand um, some of the viewpoints um, on this. And I know this is incredibly polarizing uh, for some people. And if you feel like you disagree with that, please, I'm a big boy, I can take it. Uh, we can talk after the service today. Um, but what this has done for me um, is it has given me um, a breath of fresh air to be able to confront the things that I need to confront in my life. And I'll tell it to you like this, um, you know, if you're drowning, um, you know, and somebody's in the boat, they're likely not gonna tell you, hey, just get back in the boat, 
like, did you just need to swim over, get back in the boat? It's like, no, my arms are flailing. I can't even barely see I'm, I'm drowning. And so, um, what this medication has been for me is it's been a, it's just been a life preserver that somebody has tossed out to me. I'm able to grab a hold of, it hasn't gotten me back in the boat. It's, it's not the healer. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of where there's a misconception, uh, with medication, but it hasn't, you know, it's not making all my problems are still there. Everything I need to work through is still there. The, the, you know, the, that's all still there, but now I, I have this, I have this clarity to be able to, uh, to be able to talk. And, and here's, here's my purpose in bringing this up is we're talking about suffering. We're talking about pain. We're talking about tragedy. And so I just felt like it'd be important for me to be able to be vulnerable with you today, to be able to just show you the fullness of what I'm really trying to do to, to work through um, things in my life. And then I'm not just trying to faith my way through it. Oh, no, I've got faith. I got faith, church. Don't doubt me. I got faith. I know who my God is. I know what he's done, okay? I, I know who Jesus is. I, I love Jesus and I stand on the word of God. This, this Bible, uh, um, um, uh, worship, praise, I, I'm, I'm in it, I'm there. And I'm just choosing to do everything that God has put in front of me to be able to walk towards healing and wholeness, all of me, right? And so I, I share my full, my full story as it relates to suffering and to pain. Like I said, being willing to, to, to take a little heat from those of you guys who may you know, uh, feel uncomfortable with that. Like I said, I'm a big boy, I can take it. Um, I, I know my uh, reasons, um, but there's likely some people in the room today who, um, who have had to make that decision to say, I, I just can't get ahead. I can't get past these walls. And so this, this medication, this anti-anxiety medication is giving me the clarity I need to be able to see the world around me and be able to, to work through it. And, and if that would be you in this room today, I would just want you to feel seen and not ashamed and not like God has passed you by and, and, um, and made to feel, you know, less than Christian. And so, um, I love you and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful um, that you're not giving up and that you're continuing to have faith. Thank you. So the meds won't heal, but Jesus can. And that's where I've set my hope. Um, and I'll tell this last story. Um, I'll tell it often um, to our youth. Um, so when I was in, high, in ninth grade, I was in, at Brunswick High School, I was playing basketball. And um, I was like, you know, the 16th guy on a 15 man roster. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just there, you know, um, just by God's grace, I guess. Um, and so I'm in the gym and it's the beginning of the season and, um, and everybody's there, like not just junior varsity, but varsity. And so ninth grade, we got, you know, there's seniors. And when you're in ninth grade, especially I didn't like hit a growth spurt until I was like at 10th grade. And so I was just like this little guy and these guys are like massive, you know, is what I felt like at the time. And so we're doing conditioning and we're running, we're running. And so at the very end of practice, we're doing one last thing and I'm just so tired, dog tired, right? And, uh, and so we do one last thing. We're gonna run and we're gonna do these sideline to sideline runs, okay? We have to do six teams, okay? We have to do them in a minute and 30 seconds. And so that's the time we have. If one person, coach tells us, one person does not make it across the line before the buzzer goes off, then everybody has to do it again. And so I am like, oh, Jesus, help me, okay? And so, because um, I'm tired. And so we take off and I'm running. I mean, I mean, y'all like, I'm, I'm giving it everything I got. Like, this is like max speed for me, okay? Like nothing, I wasn't just kind of like halfway trying. Like I'm talking all, all that I had to give, I was giving it. And I get and I go and I'm almost to the line. And then I step over and I was the only person that didn't make it. And this gym of probably over 30 guys, some much older than me. I, like I said, I'm already feel like, well, how did I even get on the team? You know, I'm just looking around at, you know, everybody and coach immediately back on the line, back on the line. And 
I mean, heads are just rolling everywhere. You know what I mean? And like people are just grunting. I mean, they're mad. Everybody wants to go home. Everybody's tired. And people are looking at me and I just feel like a failure. (laughs) And I'm just ready to walk out the gym. I was just kind of, y'all don't need me here. (laughs) What, What can I really contribute to this? Anyways, I'm only making things worse here. I, I just felt like leaving. And so in this moment, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I literally just ran as fast as I could with every amount of energy I had left. And now I have to do this again. Maybe coach will have mercy for me. So I'm getting back to the line. And one of the seniors on the team walks over to me, Eugene, we call him Gene. And Gene just walks up and he says, hey man, you're running with me. And I was like, what? You know? What do you mean? And so he's right there beside me and we take off and I'm going, you know what I mean? But then after a few laps, like I'm like, oh gosh, I start to kind of slow down a little bit. And as soon as I do, I feel Eugene's arm behind me and he's like got me like this and he carries me forward. Like every time I go to slow down, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and he's, and he's going like, he's, he's, lifting me up. Like there was times where like, I felt like my feet were almost not even touching the ground. You know what I mean? And I have never run so fast in all my life, right? Like, like book it. Like that was the day I was like, this is the fastest I will ever run in my entire life. The day I ran with Eugene. And so we're running and, and every time I'd, I'd go to, I mean, he's like, and he's just picking me up and he's just going, he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't slow down, uh-uh, look, we're doing this, we're doing this. And so sure enough, we make it, we make it. Me and Eugene, we made it. And so I, I don't know about you, what you, what you think, and, and I just wanna make it clear that, that there is a God who will run beside you who will carry you, and I am so thankful for a God who will run with me, who will carry me. See, here's the thing. Nothing changed about my circumstance. I was still slow. I was still tired. I was still not able to do this. I was still not enough. I was still a mistake in my mind. I was still a failure. I was still anxious. I was still worried. I was still like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. I don't need to be here. I was still, I don't fit in. I was still not enough. All of those things. But Eugene was with me. And so I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how much of a failure you feel like. I don't know how how you feel about the pain, the hardship, the difficulty, the sorrow in your life. But Jesus is with you and Jesus walks with you through whatever you're going through. And so I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for a God who walks with me and walks beside me and runs beside me. There is, a, there is a speed that I can only go at with Jesus beside me. There's a distance that I can only run with Jesus beside me, right? Like, like God working in me. And here's the other thing. I'm so thankful for the people in my life who have been Eugene to me, right? In the same way, the people, that's why I'm so thankful for so many different people, Pastor Mark, for Jim, for my friends, for all these people, for my wife, for people who, who, who say, hey, listen, I know like you need a little help. Let me help you run a little bit faster. Let me run alongside you. And so I hope that today you would hear that story and be encouraged to think, man, yeah, I need somebody to run alongside me. God and some that I trust, all right? I'm gonna be like a sea otter, right? I'm not gonna run, I'm not gonna go off by myself. I'm, I'm gonna grab hands with somebody. We're, we're doing this together, right? We, if we, if, We'll, we'll be slow together, right? But we, we, may, we may be slow, but we'll do it together, right? But I also hope that in your realizing of what you need from Jesus and what you need from people around you, that you would recognize that like, man, there's probably an opportunity for you to be Eugene to somebody. And it's probably gonna be just like for Eugene that he wasn't able to run at his full speed. So Eugene ran a little bit slower, It was an inconvenience to Eugene. But Eugene said, I'm not letting this guy fail again. And so maybe there's some people in your life and it's 
Maybe it's an inconvenience to have to slow down. And people who have been through tragedy and heartache and disappointment and pain, you know that feeling where people just sort of don't know what to say. They don't know, like I said, we're not always trained really well how to deal with people's grief. And so we just sort of back away. And so some people have experienced that, the isolation of tragedy, the isolation of failure, the isolation of disappointment, where people just sort of back away and retreat. And I'm telling us today, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, because that's not who our God is. And if I'm a follower of Jesus, that's not who I am. And so I'm gonna go be a Eugene to somebody. I'm gonna say, hey, you're running with me, all right? Let me run with you. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna run hand in hand. Psalm 46, one, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. I am so thankful for a God who steps into our human stories to help us. And And lament reminds us that we need God. Lament opens up the door to hope, which then can lead us on a path towards renewal. To where we begin to see the thing that brought us so much heartache and pain, renew us in a way that we could have never have thought by the power of God, by the power of his Holy Spirit. Will you stand with me this morning? And so I, hey, listen, church, I've tried to tell you where I'm at, right? And I've tried to tell you, you know, what, what I believe the Bible says about, about this and, and, and it's hard. I've tried to encourage you and exhort, but man, this is, this is your chance, you know? You've got to voice your pain. You've got to cling to God's character. You've you got to find somebody you trust to discuss with. And, and, uh, and so, you know, maybe you would be honest with God this morning. Uh, maybe you would just contemplate and just give yourself freedom, the liberty to cry out to God. And maybe it's not this morning, maybe it's this week, but you find that moment to be honest, to voice your lament. Go read Psalm 13, read Psalm 22, right? Allow the language of prayer to be birthed in you that is a language of lament. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna sing the song we sung earlier, Great is Thy Faithfulness, so that we can just reflect on God's character and cling to it this morning, no matter where we're at. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room, God, no matter what they're going through, their, their season of life, their circumstance, whatever pain, hardship that they may experience, God, I'm thankful for them and I'm thankful for how you are moving in their life even now, God. I'm thankful that they're here this morning, Jesus, and I just pray healing, however it may come, Lord, I just pray healing, um, mind, soul, body, and spirit, Lord. I just thank you so much for working in people's lives, and God, I just ask that shame would be removed from people's lives. God, shame about their pain, shame about their hardship and their suffering, Jesus. Lord, I pray that whatever the enemy would try to do to isolate people, Jesus, I just pray, God, that that we would overcome it through community, through fellowship together, through, through, through just singing together this morning at church, Father God. We are, we are defiantly saying that we will not give way into what our circumstance says about us, but we will tell our circumstance about our God. And God, we won't be afraid to talk to you about how we feel, God, but we will tell you just as Jeremiah did and voice the, 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 the pain and the suffering and the sorrow, Jesus, and we will trust you. And Lord, we will look for opportunities to be a helper to those around us, Father God, to walk hand in hand with those Jesus. God, we thank you so, so much this morning, God. We worship you today, Jesus, and we just say great is your faithfulness.